Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Born and raised in uh, Blairsville, Pennsylvania. And I gave my heart to the Lord at a young age. And uh, got called to the ministry. Began to preach when I was 16. And uh, just preaching anywhere they'll allow me. And uh, went to Bible school. And then I pastored two churches in Pennsylvania for 12 years. And then the last 14 years, me and my wife, Rose, we've been traveling worldwide, around the world, uh, all over Europe, in, the, in the Romania, Spain, Italy, France, uh, Greece, uh, Asia, over in the uh, Philippines, Hong Kong, uh, Central America, over in Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, and in Africa, Kenya, and many more places uh, we're believing they'll be able to go. But uh, just doing outdoor crusades and evangelistic meetings and healing revivals and, and just seeing God do the miraculous. And so the last eight years, of course, we've been here attending uh, Believer's Church. And uh, I have the privilege of teaching a connect group called Understanding Faith. And if you haven't took that group yet, well, you've missed half your life. And I encourage you to take that group. Has anyone here took that class yet? Yeah, it's, it's a blessing. And so I, I encourage you to sign up for that because it'll, it'll help you, even with what we're teaching here today. Well, uh, when Pastor Joe, when he asked me to teach this weekend, he wanted me to minister on God heals. God heals. You know, he, he didn't have to ask me twice because I enjoy talking about the God that we serve, that he's a healing God. But it wasn't always that way in my life. Years ago, of course, growing up, mom and dad had seven kids. I'm number five out of the seven. And uh, my dad was a hardworking man all of his life. He did construction. He had a little business going on, and he did pretty good at it. At age 47, he, got, uh, he began to notice changes in his body. It wasn't working right. His muscles weren't forming right, working right. He couldn't do his job any longer. So through diagnostic, you know, through testing, uh, they determined he had multiple sclerosis, or MS. And uh, at the time, this was 30-some years ago, uh, we didn't really know what to do about it concerning uh, healing. We didn't know much about it. We watched my father deteriorate steadily until the age of 54, he passed away. Now, I just turned 54 last month. Let me tell you, folks, 54 is too young to die. Thank you for that hearty amen out there. I'm going to say that again, just in case I did something wrong. I said, 54 is too young to die. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we didn't know nothing. We didn't know nothing. We, we, even though we attended a Pentecostal church, I knew about the born again experience because I got born again at age 12. I knew about another experience about how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I did that at age 16. But when it came to healing, uh, we knew that God could heal. We knew he had the power to heal, but I didn't know his position on healing. I didn't know his will concerning healing. And I found this to be true. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I'll say that again. Faith begins where the will of God is known. In other words, you can't believe God in any area of your life unless you know his will in that area. Does that make sense to anybody? See, because if you're not able to believe, then you're not able to receive. And so it's important for us to find out what is the will of God in any area of life so that we can believe that and then release our faith to receive that. Amen? 
So after my dad passed, of course, it was a hard time. And, uh, but I wanted to search. I was a young man, 22 years old. I said, Lord, I, I, I want to I know, what is your will concerning healing? I just got to know this. What kind of a God are you? I need to know, are you a healing God or what? And so I had to go and find out. But where do you go to find the will of God? Well, you could ask 10 people around you, but uh, you'll probably get 10 different answers. Is that right? So what I did is I, I went to the Word. Here's a Bible right here. I went to the Word of God. How many know His Word contains His will? Amen? Just like your words contain your will. Matter of fact, if I tell someone here in the front row, please go get me a drink of water. Uh, my will was revealed within my words. Is that correct? Same with God. He gave us His Word, and in His Word, His will is revealed. So therefore, but you can't just take the Bible and go like this and expect to get the will of God. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to search. You're going to have to examine and diligently to find out, Lord, what did you say on these areas? Because if I could find out what he said, and if I could find out what his will is, I can believe it. And if I can believe it, then I can receive it. Amen? Hallelujah. So I, I did. I tell you what, I began to search diligently. And I tell you what, I began to find things in God's Word that just turned me on. I tell you, I began to be awakened to the truth that God is a healing God. And it just began to just light a fire inside of me. It began to change the way I think. It began to change the way I believe. It began to change the way I talk. It began to change the way I, I walk. It began to change the way I act. It began to change the way I pray for people. It changed my whole, my whole life. And so I'm going to share some of them verses to you. And maybe it'll light, light a fire in you as well. Amen. Because I tell you what, all of us need to be waking up to the truth of God's word. Because Jesus says, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Is that right? Hallelujah. Well, let's go to one verse. We'll start off with this. This is one of my favorites that I discovered. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is David talking. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Well, what are they? Look at the first one. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Iniquities mean sins. Let's stop there for a moment. How many of you are here today? You took an advantage of that benefit. And you've believed God and your sins are forgiven. Is there anybody here today? We've got three people. Let's try it again. Your, you know right now your sins are forgiven. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. How many sins did he forgive? Hallelujah. He forgave all. Well, let's go down the list a little bit. What about the sin of lying? Will he forgive someone for lying? What about stealing? Will he forgive someone about stealing? What about even adultery? Will God forgive someone even commit adultery? What about murder? Well, that's a big one. How about murder? Will God even forgive someone for committing murder? What about multitude of sins? What about someone who's committed a lot of sins? Multitudes of sins. Will God even forgive someone who has multitude of sins over their life? Will he forgive them? Are you trying to tell me? That if the police was chasing someone through the parking lot right now, and they came through those back doors and ran down here to the front, they just robbed 17 convenience stores in the last two hours. 
And they cried out to God right there. And they say, God, I blew my life. I messed my life up. Forgive me of all I've ever done and come in and change my life. Well, the God that we know, the God that we serve, the God that we love, will he forgive that individual for all of her sins? Yes, but notice on the same day, at the same time, through the same prophet, by the Holy Spirit, another revelation was being revealed. Not only is he a God who will forgive all of your sins, but he's a God who will heal all your diseases. Hallelujah. How, how many diseases will he heal? Hallelujah. He will all all diseases. Doesn't matter what you have. He's a God that'll heal migraine headaches. He's a God that'll heal Crohn's disease. He's a God that'll heal multiple sclerosis. He's a God that'll heal cancer. He's a God that'll heal sugar diabetes. He's a God that'll heal high blood pressure. He's a God that'll heal AIDS. He's a God that'll heal whatever has to be taken care of because all means all. Amen. I tell you what, I got turned on to this. I began to realize that God, not only is he a forgiving God, but God is a healing God. Hallelujah. And so when I began to be awakened to that and study things out like that, you know, God will take you and put you in a situation where you can exercise your faith now in that area. And so I remember I was helping a church in Pennsylvania and one of my duties was I was driving the van full of kids and uh, taking them to church, bringing them back home, church van. And so Sunday afternoon, church is over, the kids are in the van. I'm in the van and I felt the prompting in my heart for me to go a back way. Oh, I don't want to go the back way because the back way is a bumpy way and it's a, it's a rough road and I don't want to go that route. I want to take the nice highway, which I always do. But in here, in here, how many know God lives in your heart? Is that correct? In here, in here, there was a nudge, a nudge, a nudge inside of me. Go the back way. Go the back way. So I did. I just responded and went down this bumpy road called the back way, which we all knew what it was. Well, I didn't go two miles from the church. There's a car in front of me. No one behind me, but there's a car in front of me. We're going through a residential neighborhood about 25 miles an hour. This little boy, about two, two and a half years of age, comes out on the road. The car in front of, car in front of me runs him straight over. I mean, total impact, boom, takes him straight over. And the car never even stopped, just kept going. Well, I stopped the van. I'm in shock. I mean, it's like, it's like I just saw a horrible incident here. I told the kids, stay in the van. There's more to the story in all this, but I'll get just what we need today. So I get out of the van, and there's a woman whom I never met in my life. She comes over and takes me by the hand, which was kind of odd. She grabs me by the hand and she leads me over to the crowd that's forming around this child. The parents are now, of course, around the baby. The grandparents are there because it's Sunday afternoon. Neighbors are all out and they're screaming and crying and panic and, you know, just all with that type of a scene. Well, I go over there and uh, for some reason, they just get out of the way and let me into the child, which I don't even know the, know the boy. And this woman whom I've never met, she points down to him and she says, if you'll pray for him, he'll be okay. Oh, I looked down at him and excuse me from what I'm about to say because it's a little graphic. I said, I looked down at him and he had, he had blood splatter all over his uniform. There was blood splatter all over the pavement. His little leg was flipped up behind him. His foot was up here. 
And uh, I knew he was in trouble. And so I put my hand on him. And I tell you, folks, I put my hand on him. And I, all of a sudden, everything that I was studying, everything I've been meditating on about the healing power of God and who God is as a healer came out of me at that moment. I want you to know that every scripture that I knew of healing came out of me. And every ounce of faith came out of me at that moment towards that little boy. Well, the ambulance was backing up. Lights flashing, you know, they, they, they get them on the, the gurney. They, they put them in the ambulance, and they're taken to the Latrobe Hospital. Sirens blasting, lights going. Well, I didn't have a cell phone at that time. It was before cell phones were just coming out. I didn't have one. So I drove the kids home. Then I went to my house. I called Latrobe Area Hospital, emergency room. I said, um, uh, I'm calling about the little boy that was hit by a car. She goes, you know, there's something strange about that. I said, tell me. She goes, you know, when we received the call, this is from the, from the ambulance, the EMTs, because when we received the call, they reported serious injuries, multiple injuries, serious. She goes, you know, when that boy got here, we couldn't find nothing wrong with him. She said the only thing he had was a little nick on his head. We put a Band-Aid on him and sent him home. He was, he was so healed, they didn't keep him overnight. He was so healed, they didn't even do an MRI or nothing on him. That's how healed he was. How many know our God is a healing God? Amen? I have to believe. From the time that I prayed and believed God, they put in that ambulance, and just in a 15, 20-minute ride to the hospital, God was doing supernatural reconstructive work to that, that little boy. That's why the Spirit of God was leading me to go that way. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, this is exciting. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And so um, uh, now let's go ahead and move on a little bit in our, in our teaching. And so uh, we, now we go to the life of Christ. We go from Psalm 103. Let's go a thousand years later to now that Jesus came to the earth. God sent his son. The Bible says that Jesus said, he says, I did not come here to do my own will, but I come to do the will of my father who has sent me. Philip says, Lord, why don't you show us the Father? Jesus said, how long have I been with you? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What Jesus is saying is this. Jesus is saying is that I am the express will of the Father upon the earth. Everything I say and everything I do is from the Father's heart. It flows through me out to you. Amen. And so when Jesus began his ministry, he began to teach, he began to preach, and he began to heal. Why? Because that was the Father's heart of what God wanted him to do. Amen? Let's look at some of these scriptures here today. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. And when the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Let me ask you a question. How many people did Jesus heal there? Oh, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. How many people did he heal there? Let's go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 6, verse 17. We're on a roll here. And he came down and, uh, with them and stood on the level place with a crowd of disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. 
as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And whole multitudes sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them all. How many people did he heal? Isn't it wonderful when Jesus said, I come to do the will of the Father. When Jesus had crowds in front of him, it was the Father's heart to heal the people. It was the Father's heart to flow with that healing anointing and to begin to heal people because God wants people not only forgiven, but God wants people healed. Amen? He's a healing God. He's a healing God. Hallelujah. I remember we were in Honduras. A few years back, never been to this country before. We, we uh, said we're going to do a healing and miracle crusade. And so we sent money down. The team went down so forth, set things up. And um, I get there, and it's an outdoor meeting. This particular starting out outdoor meeting. And it was a Monday night. About 300 people showed up on a Monday night. And uh, I ministered while well, praise and worship. Then I ministered. And then I said, well, we're going to pray for the sick that God will do a miracle and healing for your life. Is there anyone here? And of course, people were getting up, but the one I'm going to bring to your attention here today, there was a woman, she's, she's in the back, and she stood up with a, a little boy, and she, he, she comes down here, he's about a 12-year-old boy. And uh, she comes, and she says to the interpreter, here's my son, he's born deaf, he's never heard. And she said, um, and she, I'll never forget this. She took him and pushed him up towards me. And she says, if God can do anything, here he is. Well, I, you know, God's the healer. And so I just laid my hands on him just like any other person. I prayed for him. I spoke into his ears. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command anything missing to be formed. Anything needs to be changed to be formed in the name of Jesus. And then I went off praying for other folks. No sign of change to the boy whatsoever. But how many of you realize we walk by faith and not by sight? Is that correct? That's why you can't be moved whether you see something change immediately in front of your eyes or not. A lot of times God is changing something in the unseen realm first before it manifests in the sight realm. Are you, are you following along? And so um, uh, that night we went home. I was in the hotel. I went back to the hotel and... Um, and I know this might sound strange to some folks here, but I had a vision that night. I only ever had three visions in my life, but this was just one of them. In that vision, this boy stood there, this deaf boy. He was standing. And I, and I heard these, these words that were being spoken. And the Lord said in this vision, he said, my move of the Spirit will begin this week with this boy. And that was it. The next morning, I told the staff what was going on. I said, something's going to happen with this boy that God's going to start that with the move of the Spirit. And so Tuesday, we went back. We preached there. The crowd's bigger now. It's probably, I don't know, hundreds of more people showed up. And so after praise and worship and so forth, I said, anyone hear the testimony from last night? And sure enough, that lady jumps up in the back. I didn't even see her. She jumps up in the back with that boy, and she's coming back down. Now she's bawling, tears running down her face. She, I mean, there's a big smile on her face now, but she's coming down. I knew something's going on. She comes down, brings her boy with her. Now, this is the deaf boy. Everyone knew him in the village. He's been born deaf. Everybody there knew the deaf boy. She brings him down. And she goes, let me tell you something. She gives, gives a testimony. She goes, I, she says, we prayed for the son, my son last night. She said, nothing happened. She said, we went home. She said, while we were in the house, my son begins to communicate me with, uh, through sign language. 
He says, uh, there's something, there's something wind blowing in my ears. He's like, I feel wind. They're blowing through my ears. And her mom, and mom goes, okay, okay. And then an hour or so later, she had her cell phone sitting there and her cell phone went off. And when her cell phone went off, he heard the ringtone. He's the first time in his life he heard a noise. He went, oh, oh. He, 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 he heard, he heard, he heard. And she come over, she said, and she grabbed onto him. And she said, can you hear me? You know, trying to get him to vocalize something. Can you hear me? And he's trying to communicate with her. Yeah, I'm hearing you. And so it was in great. I mean, everyone's bawling in, this, in the service. Everyone knows him. Well, we began to test him out. And we had him uh, five feet away. And I would make, a, I would make a, uh, a noise, and he would test. He would raise his hand if he could hear it. I'd go back 10 feet, 15 feet, and so forth. There is no doubt in my mind that boy was healed. I tell you what, a deaf boy, born deaf, how many know God is a healing God? Amen? There is nothing that he cannot do. Now, did you remember we read here in Luke chapter 6? We read about... Jesus also, the Bible says, those that were tormented with unclean spirits came to him and he healed them too. Do you remember that? Well, uh, in that same service on Tuesday night, uh, after the boy gave testimony of his healing, I opened it up for more people to get healed, you know, to get prayed for. And this woman, she comes down and I knew she was a mess. Just the way she looked, her, you know, just the way her features were. And I mean, her clothes were all messed up. Her hair looked like a, like a rat's nest. It was, and I can just tell by her facial expressions, there's something wrong here. Well, she comes down. She's about 22, 23 years of age. I said, uh, you know, what is it? And she goes, there's something in my brain. She says, I don't know what it is. She said, but it's tormenting me. I could feel it walking around in my head. I could feel it. She says, it's tormenting me day and night. I can't function. I can't sleep. I, I, you know, she's just, just totally distraught. There's something in there. Well, I, I, I witnessed that it, in my heart it was a demonic spirit. You know, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I give you authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Does anyone remember reading that in Scripture? Well, what's in there? Matthew chapter 10. So I knew I had sp uh, spiritual uh, uh, basis to deal with this. And so, well, I told her, so I'm going to pray for you right now. Cast that thing out of your head. How many know God doesn't want people to be tormented? Mental torment. I mean, can you think of much anything worse than that? My goodness. I mean, the woman's going insane. And so I prayed for her. I commanded that devil. I said, you come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, nothing happened. I could see right then. I'm praying for other folks down the line. And then we all go home. Tuesday, or Wednesday night comes. I didn't see her. Thursday night, we're at the church service now. Big church, kind of like this, but it's packed. There's not even, there's no even breathing room, no known uh, sitting room. There's so many people now because the healings are taking place so fast. All the words getting out and they're all coming. They're just all coming. All types of healings. Here comes this. I said, I gave a testimony that night. I said, who are, uh, opportunity for testimony. I said, anyone hear the testimony? That got healed. And this woman gets up and she's coming down. I'm like, and do I know her? Do I? I'm not sure. Then I realize this is the same girl on Tuesday night. But she's dressed nice. Her hair's fixed. She's coming down. And she came down towards me. 
and she grabbed that microphone out of my hand, didn't even ask. She just snatched it out of my hand, and she turned around, and she gave a testimony. She says, hands were laid upon me on Tuesday night, and she explained about her condition, that there was something in her brain. She goes, "I hands were laid upon me Tuesday night. She says, when I, when I got home, I was in my house. She says, that thing, whatever it was, came out of my head. She says, once it came out, I felt free. I felt delivered. She says, I can think straight. I can function now. And she was giving God the praise. Everyone was crying because I mean, you know, God is a healing God. Amen. He's a healing God. He's never, he's never stopped healing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord God. You know, in all of the crowds that came to Jesus, not one time did he tell people, no, this isn't for you. Get out of the way. Not one time did he say, sir, you the red shirt. Can you please get out of the healing line, please? This isn't for you. Ma'am, I know where you were at last night. You need to get out of the healing line. This is not for you. Not one time did he say that. Not one time did he ask them, how much money did you put in the offering? He didn't ask them how much, uh, how good works they have. He didn't ask them how many times they attended a synagogue. No, see, healing is from God. It's a gift from God. It flows from Him. That's who He is. All you got to do is get next to Him and you get healed. He's full of healing. That's who He is. That's why people, when they grab the hold of Jesus, they receive their healing. He flows. It flows from Him. That's who He is. You'll never, you'll never be around Christ where healing is not there. It's always there. Not only is he a forgiving Christ, not only is he a forgiving God, but he's a healing God as well. Amen? Hallelujah. You can't earn it. You can't earn this, you see. Good works doesn't get it done. We have to receive everything by faith. You see, grace provides, but faith possesses. Grace provides. Oh, yes, everything from God is provided by grace, but that alone won't help you. You're going to have to possess it personally by faith. Even your salvation, you're saved by grace, but it's through something, through faith. Amen? In other words, you personally had to reach out and receive it as yours. And when you did that, you possessed something that God had for you all the time. Is this helping anybody? Hallelujah. Healing is not a side issue with God. Healing is not a side issue. It's part of the package. When Jesus went to the cross, before one drop of blood was shed for our redemption, his body had to be broken. Do you remember that? That's why we take communion. We, you know, we hold the bread in the juice, right? In, representing the body and the blood. Well, the body had to be broken. Jesus suffered horrible treatment of beatings, whippings. His flesh was torn from his body for a reason. All sickness and disease, the Bible says, was put upon him. Well, why was that? It was so us, you and I, could be free from the curse. See, Jesus, or the Bible says in, in Colossians chapter 3, it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. He took our place on the cross. Is that correct? 
Well, he took your place so you don't have to go through the very thing that he went through. He bore my sickness. He bore my disease so I could be free from it. He bore my sin on himself so I don't have to live in sin. Does that make any sense? Hallelujah. And we know when he died, he bought your body as well as your spirit and your soul. Do you realize that? Matter of fact, the body that you're living in, the one that we don't like a lot of the times because of getting older, getting decayed, he still bought it. He still bought that body. And matter of fact, on the day of the resurrection, your body, if you're, if you're, if you're going to be with the Lord and your body's in the ground, guess what? That body's coming back out. You know why? He bought it. Oh, it's going to be overhauled. It'll be a glorified body someday. But that body that you have right now, Christ already bought it with his life. That's why healing belongs to you. Amen? Hallelujah. It belongs to you, and you and I can receive it just like forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. Let's go to another scripture here, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through uh, 3. This really blessed my life, and it helped me so much on my quest. Matthew 8, 1 through 3, says, And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Let's stop there for a moment. Pastor Job talked about leprosy a few weeks ago. And leprosy, it was one of the most hideous forms of disease in the days of Jesus. Those that had leprosy, they, um, uh, their, their bodies, their their toes, their fingers, their, their nose, and so forth, would begin to fall off because of, of the rot, you see. And so it was the most hideous disease that, uh, that came upon in the days of Jesus. He was ostracized. He was, he was put away like in a leper, leper colony. But when he came to Jesus, he broke all, all protocol, all protocol, and he came to Jesus. And you know what he did? He said something. It wasn't about, he wasn't asking a question whether God had the power to do something. He wasn't asking the question whether God had the ability to do something. He was asking a question that many people are asking right now. Lord, is it your will for me to get better? Lord, is it your will for me to get better? I meet, I, I meet people all the time and they're asking that same question. Is it God's will for me to get better? Notice what Jesus did. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, Lord, that's all I want to know. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And notice what Jesus did. He reached out his hand towards him and grabbed onto him. And he said, what did he say? He said, I will. I will be cleansed. And he was healed of his leprosy. Amen. Hallelujah. See, if, if, here's, where, here's what I've learned from that. If God said, I will to him, he has to say, I will to you. If he says, I will to you, he has to say, I will to me. Amen. I'm going to say it again. If God says, I will to him, he has to say, I will to you. He's no respecter of persons. Everything that Jesus did was not just for one person or individual. It was for everybody. Everybody who dares to believe and come to him and to receive, it's for everyone. Everything that Jesus did on the cross was for all of mankind. 
all of mankind. Do you believe that tonight or today? Amen. Is salvation for everybody on the planet? It is. Of course it is. Why? Because Jesus made it that way. Also, people can, it doesn't matter who you are. Do you know God will even heal, heal unbelievers? Sure he will. He'll heal unbelievers. I've seen it many a times. Why? He loves them. He loves them. And he pours out his mercy towards people. And God will heal people who don't even know him. It's because he's shown them in advance, I love you. I provide for you. I care for you. Amen. I remember uh, ministering in, uh, uh, I was pastoring in Pennsylvania, and um, there's a woman named uh, uh, Sister Ott, Sister Louise Ott. And she was uh, a church member of mine, and so she was um, sick, and uh, her daughter called and said, you know, mom's not doing very well, and you need to come and visit her. The doctor said that she's going to be passing soon. So I went to see her, sent to see Sister Ott, and she was there in the hospital room, you see. And I went in there and talked with her. Of course, the family is there. They're crying, of course. And they're you know, having a hard time because, you know, someone's about to die pretty soon. And so um, I began to ask her. I, I screwed my chair up near her. I said, Sister, I said, uh, tell me, is there any goals you had in life? Anything you had in life that maybe you didn't do and you wanted to do? She goes, well, I always wanted to live to be 80. I said, well, okay, praise the Lord, because she's like 70, 71 years old right now. She goes, you know, I always wanted to live to be 80. I said, well, won't we just believe God for that? She goes, you mean we can? I said, yes, we can. So we began to worship God there in that room. And folks, let me tell you, when you begin to worship God, great things are going to happen. I worship God in my house, and I tell you what, the aroma of heaven fills it. When you begin to worship God, it sets the stage for God to do wonders. It sets the stage for miracles to take place because you're welcoming him in. You're welcoming him in. Do you remember the first miracle in John chapter 2? He turned the water into wine. In John chapter 2, the very first verse, it says, and Jesus was invited to the wedding feast. The very first miracle started because someone invited Jesus. When you invite him into your home, you invite him into your life, when you invite them in, in every area of your life, you're setting the stage for miracles to take place. When we worshiped God for 45 minutes and heaven came down and we prayed and agreed to God, Lord, give her to 80. Give her to 80. Give her a good life to 80. And do you know what happened? Sister Ott, she didn't die. She got better and she went back home to where she lived. And she just kept living, 74, 75. 76, 77, 78, 79, 80. You knew what she did at 80? She just kept on living. 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, and age 88, she went on to be with the Lord. I mean, no, 88's better than 70 or 71, right? God gave her more. God gave her more when we could even, what she were even asking or believing for. Hallelujah. Tell you what, this power, the power of God is real. The power of God is real. I remember in the Philippines, we had this huge meeting. Oh, people were just getting saved right and left. Huge crowds coming to Jesus. True repentance. People were crying and bawling and just crying out to God. I, I, I have pictures. It's just awesome, beautiful. I mean, this is church deep. 
people just crying out to God. And this woman, or this grandmother brought a, a granddaughter in a wheelchair over here. She had some type, something wrong with her physical body. I went over and grabbed her, and I began to pray for her in the name of Jesus. And you know what? And God said, just take her and run. She had some type of a, a problem in her muscles. I grabbed her said, come on, honey, we're going. She didn't want to go. She was like, oh, I don't want to go. I grabbed her, picked her up, and took off. We, I started dragging her along, and all of a sudden, the power of God hit her and her feet. We ran around this arena of 5,000 people, everyone screaming, shouting, jumping. The grandmother's crying. There's 30 pastors there. They all saw it. I tell you what, folks, God did a miraculous miracle, and that, that child was healed. I mean healed right there. And God will still do it today. He's a healing God. He's a healing God. Amen? Hallelujah. And he wants to do it for us right even now. Even right now. Healing is real. Jesus is real. And you can receive from him today because he's still in the healing business. Now it's going to take faith. Faith pleases God. You have to exercise a belief. You can't just wish it. You can't just hope it. You're going to have to believe to receive, just like salvation. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Has this helped anybody? Has this helped anybody? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a moment. You may be here right now, and um, you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, but you would like to today. We'll give you an opportunity to receive Christ. And so as your heads are bowed, let's just pray this prayer together. Dear God in heaven, I realize I'm a sinner. And I ask you right, or I, and I, but I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe in you and trust in you right now. Forgive me of all my sins and come into my heart. Wash me in your precious blood. And right now I believe that I'm saved. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.